please note that this episode was originally recorded as a webinar in 2022. To view the original webinar, simply visit the BD Consultancy's YouTube channel. Good afternoon and, and welcome to BD TV on 17th of March. Um, we're delighted to be joined today by Charlie McNeil. Uh, Charlie is Associate Director, Business Development across uh, Europe, Middle East and Africa and Capital Markets for White and Case. Charlie, welcome along. Oh, thank you very much, Pete. Thanks for having me along. Yeah, absolute pleasure, Charlie. And, and please, um, for, for those people listening today, please explain a little bit more about what, what your role encompasses. Yeah, so as the, the title suggests, I, I head up the uh, business development function for the Amir Capital Markets team across White and Case. And just kind of breaking that down as to what capital markets is, it's around sort of debt uh, capital markets, so investment grade sovereign bonds, um, higher issuance, issuances, so sub-investment grade uh, type uh, capital markets instruments and equity, so um, IPOs and rights issues, et cetera, and also structured finance, so derivatives and CLOs and, and those types of things. Um, so yeah, we look after, I look after a team across Europe and, and we've got a pretty mature practice, um, you know, probably uh, 60 or so partners across Amir. So it's, it's, yeah. Okay, okay, thanks, Charlie. And I, I must uh, uh, must explain just for openness, Charlie and I first met, must be, 15 years ago now back at uh, back at Deloitte so um, thank you thanks for picking up that conversation again um, Charlie it, it, there's uh, clearly a huge amount happening um, politically socially and economically at the minute what, what what developments and issues are you seeing in in, in capital markets well I think you know it would be um... It, it wouldn't be right to not acknowledge that, you know, the, the tragic situation that we've got in Ukraine at the moment. And, you know, frankly, the heartbreaking humanitarian crisis is unfolding before our eyes every day. Um, and that's having a that's having a big impact uh, on the markets generally. And I, I think anybody um, of, of a certain age who, who keeps an eye on their pension will notice that, uh, that things are, are taking a bit of a hit at the moment. Um, but that you know it's not impacting everybody negatively. There's there's work um, out there for for um, you know uh, sanctions etc. But I think th these situations and these shocks in the market always create hiatus, and we saw this at the beginning of the pandemic. So mm. you know, with this uncertainty, everything stops for a period of time. People take stock, they look around, and then eventually things pick up again. But I think we we're all seeing. Um, we're seeing that things are a little bit difficult at the moment in terms of the deal flow. However, you know, we're three weeks into this awful situation. And I, I'm not going to make predictions of, of what the future holds, but I think, you know, we're always going to see a bit of a hiatus at the beginning of, of these market shocks. Yes, yes, certainly. So and, and, and thank, thanks for, uh, you know, talking about it. I, I realise it's a very, you know, it, it's obviously from our perspective a difficult, uh, difficult situation. And I know, as a as, as a firm, you've recently taken the decision to shut your shut your Moscow office. Yeah, um, yeah. The the um, I, I I don't want, I don't want to be trite in my comparison, but the um, two years two years ago, we the markets had a shock in a in a very different very different form with uh, with the beginnings of the pandemic. Was it was it a similar pattern, and and how how long did it take for 
uh, for things to begin to find an equilibrium or a balance again uh, across the firm? So, yeah, I think, um, as I mentioned, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people expected uh, there to be a slowing down of work. There was a lot of concern and worry in the market. Um, but uh, frankly, we've had a really, really busy two years. And I think there's a lot of sectors that were very negatively impacted. Lots of people have suffered as a result of the pandemic. But I think it's fair to say that the legal sector um, has been really, really busy. And just to take White and Case as an example, in London alone uh, in 2021, we posted a 12% uh, increase on revenues from about 397 million to uh, 450, uh, 444, 450 million. And you know that was reflected globally as well. So across the firm, we saw a 20% increase where we went from 2.4 billion revenues to uh, 3.5 billion. And um, I think it's fair to say that the capital markets team has been, you know, part of that success. We've been fantastically busy, um, you know, across all of the market. Um, and you know, in 2021, if we look at all the capital markets instruments um, across EMEA, so not all the work that we've done, but the actual market as a whole, there was a 20% increase mm. um, across EMEA um, compared to 2019, which I kind of consider to be the last normal year. Um, and I think for me, the really interesting bit is around equity. So um, equity capital markets have been hugely busy. We've seen like, you know, record levels of IPOs. Um, and, you know, in terms of deal numbers since 2019, there's been a 335% increase wow. um, that's it from, since 2019 to 2021. So, you know, and White and Case is about 121 IPOs over EMEA uh, through that period. Uh, making us the market leader in that space. And we also, uh, incidentally, uh, came at number one of corporate high-yield bonds as well, according to Blue Bloomberg. Okay. And what, so what, what's driving what's driving that, Charlie? What, what, are, what are White and Keith doing, doing right? Without, now, I'm, I must say this cannot be an advert for White and Keith at this stage. But well, is, there sorry, this is... So is there something you're doing differently? I think, I think a lot of it's down to the market. So the market has been very busy as a whole. Um, um, and, you know, we've capitalised, we've capitalised on that and, you know, historically low interest rates um, and probably a realisation that, that we need to get all the markets, but we realise that these deals need to get done. So people are pushing forward. But it's it's also around product development as well. One of the things that we have um, been quite fortuitous to do is, is to get on board with SPACs, which are special purpose ac um, acquisition companies. Yes. And, and just by way of background, because not everybody would have heard of, of, of SPACs, um, they're also known as blank check um, acquisition funds. Okay. Um, and essentially what happens is a, a sponsor raises money uh, for investors, from investors, and then uh, list the investment on a market or a stock exchange. Um, and then these funds are used uh, to find private companies to merge with and to take off. Um, okay. These deals for us are really interesting because they they provide us, I guess, two bites of a cherry. One being the the IPO, so the, the, the ECM bit, so listing listing the, the the company. And the second bit is, is what we call a DSPAC, um, uh, where uh, that money is, yeah. yeah, so where that money is used to actually invest in the company. So okay, um, okay. yeah, it's been it's been a really good time. So do you see that do you see that trend continuing in, in, in SPACs or do you think it's it's had its day? Well I think it's going to continue. I think SPACs have been around for a long time. It's a bit of a, a, a new thing for for Europe, I guess. And that's been driven by a number of things by um, by regulation to, to some extent. 
Um, but, you know, if we look at the US market, I think there were 610 SPACs last year and there were 35 or 39 this year across Europe. So okay. I think in the US, it's a mature market and they've been around for some time. I think in the MIA, it's, it's a growing market. So I think it's going to continue like, you know, all other sort of uh, markets at the moment. There's, there's a bit of a hiatus. There's a, there's a bit of flowing in that. Yeah. So most most people listening today and, and, and watching this on YouTube are are leading BD and marketing departments at, uh, at other professional firms, law, accountancy, consulting. Um, so they'll, they will be very interested to know what what from a BD perspective you're doing to, to capitalize on this and make, make the most of it. Yeah. So, you know, we really jumped on this as a BD team, um, both from a corporate and a, a capital markets perspective, because because of the properties of, of, of the type of transaction it's something that we we need to work together on um we jumped on this very quickly um we established what we call a spac hub which was uh, a data center and 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 uh and commentary that supports that data on our uh, on a dedicated website um on whitingcase.com and um clients get the opportunity to sign up to alerts etc um, and we provide them with data on the market, what deals are out in the market and what's changed. And I, I think it's fair to say that's pretty unique for a law firm. In fact, we're the only, we're the only firm that has done that. And we're the first firm to, done, to have done that. And frankly, there aren't many other professional services firms out there that have done something similar. So, and, you know, it's really reinforced our position in that market. You know, we're doing the majority of the deals, but we're backing that up also with thought leadership and thinking for our clients. So. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Charlie. And what... Um... What are you doing? Clearly, you've 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 moved smartly and and quickly around around SPACs. What, what are you doing now to look look to the horizon for clients and and respond to what what you see coming up in the next twelve to eighteen months? I think it's really about listening to the client. So um, you know, at, at the beginning of the pandemic, I think a lot of clients were absolutely bombed with client alerts and updates, etc. Uh, the slowing in the markets, I think people reacted by keeping busy doing other things. And um, we just took a bit of a step back, really, and and decided to rather than you know try and push lots of content out to clients was just to pick up the phone, actually, and have a conversation and try and connect with them at a personal level. Um, you know, a lot was going on in the market and people had a lot of stuff going on in their personal lives. No one knew what was really going on. Um, but we found that clients really appreciated that, you know, just picking up the phone and having a conversation yeah. with them. Um, and we also found out that they were fed up with receiving hundreds of clients alerts, which um, which mm. which is good feedback, right? Which is good yeah. feedback. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, so looking beyond that now, and I, I, you don't need to, um, you don't need to share your whole recipe with 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 everyone on the, on the line here. But there, there's um, there's a number of other things changing in, t- in terms of the professional landscape, a number of other things on the, on the, on the rise uh, and trends accelerating, partly due to the pandemic. How, I, again, how are, you, how are you, A, making sure you capitalise on it and keeping that dialogue with, with clients around, around those emerging trends? Yeah, so I think, as you say, Pete, the, the, the pandemic has accelerated a lot of change. Um, and the world is in a, a, a sort of, uh, you know, an amazing and uh, fast-moving transition. And some of the trends that we're seeing, you know, are pretty obvious: ESG, uh, yeah. energy transition, the the move to digitalization, and all of these things our clients want to hear about, and they want to hear about our expertise. So, 
at a firm wide level, uh, we've got uh, a campaign called um, World in Transition, and basically we're bundling up a lot, a lot of themes around the, those those areas. So, you know, as I say, ESG, energy transition, digitalization. Mm-hmm. Um, we're putting together thought leadership, but also uh, seminars for our clients to to listen to and engage in. And we're actually inviting our clients uh, to, to to be uh, participants in those. Um, an interesting last last week, I think it was, we had one um, on digitalization. We had Stephanie Flanders of, yeah. of, um, of uh, the BBC News fame, um, but now at Bloomberg, I believe. Um, and in a couple of weeks' time, we've got another one on uh, carbon trading. And we've got uh, Mark Carney, the previous mm. uh, director of the Bank of England, uh, yeah. speaking on that. So. Some good up and coming names there. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, when we, um, it, it may come as a surprise to anyone who watches this, but we, we do have a chat in advance. And, and Charlie and I chatted a, over a month ago about it and um, talked about, you know, the um, hydrocarbons and, uh, and talked about uh, renewables. Something like that now has really been thrust onto the front pages. And it's it's in the mind of every client we talk to, whether they're in, in energy manufacturing, financial services, or, or they're uh, driving tractors around Devon and Cornwall. How do you, how do you then, you know, uh, respond to that that rising up the agenda for people? How do you, how do you, does does that then get more attention? Does that then, do, do, do you do you tilt more energy towards that? Yeah, absolutely. And um, energy transition is one of the industry sectors that we focus on um, and it's really important and I think you know th- this awful situation in Ukraine has really put a spotlight on energy transition and um, you know uh, Ursula uh, von der Leyen in a recent speech actually uh, talking about the European Green Deal um, you know gave some very clear strong messages around energy transition and, and the move away from hydrocarbons and our reliance on on you know Russian oil and gas um, which I think is a great you know, it, it, it's a, it's a positive outcome from something very, um, very bad. But I think you know, it's it it it's great. It's, it's an industry that um, that that will um, you know provide lots of opportunities yes. Um, yes. For, for for lawyers and for for, for, for other people. But it, but it's also great for, for for the climate, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know? It's, I've um, I've a ten-year-old daughter, as you know, and and one of the things she came, one of the positives she came back from school was, do you know, do you know, the world is now stepping up, stepping up more quickly to look into to alternatives. And I thought, well, that's that's one of the things that's trickling through even to even to primary school level six. Um, the the with 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 the pandemic uh, and now moving. To, to to the the situation between Russia and Ukraine, how is that? You know, I I see White and Kiev, and I think it, it it's um, quite legitimately as as a global elite firm with with a really strong U.S. legacy. Um, how has that U.K. U.S. relationship um, featured over the last two years? Has it has it has it taken knocks? Has it been strengthened? Look, you know, we have a great relationship with our US colleagues and we're a US heritage firm. Um, and I think that, um, I think it, it's, it's got a lot stronger actually. And I think we've all been facing the same challenges, regardless of whether we're based in, in New York or Tampa or, or, or London. Mm. And I think critically, you know, um, our clients are global and they've been facing 
uh, the same challenges that we've been facing. So it's been really beneficial to work more closely uh, with our with our colleagues to try and fix and uh, and you know not necessarily fix problems, but help our clients with the challenges that they're faced they faced over the last couple of years. So you know, and the examples of the energy transition campaigns, the, the SPACs work that we've been doing is is testimony to this. But no, it, it's done. You know, it, it's been really positive in terms of bringing us close together. Okay, thanks, Charlie. Until 24 hours ago, I, I was due to um, to take part in this in this conversation from Canary Wharf. Then the meeting I was due to have there was was cancelled because the person I was meeting has has COVID. I, I think there's still over 100,000 cases a day of COVID. Are we are we yet in a position where you can, uh, as a firm, you can see? You know, you're calling the arc of the pandemic, and you can you can start to think about on two levels what working practices look like over the over the next six months, and also where you're going to be investing time and resources. So yeah, we, we're now back in the office three days a week, which um, has uh, some some massive positives from my own perspective. Um, and um, yeah, I think there's been some real challenges. Certain people have thrived. Certain people have, have, have found it challenging um and it, you know it depends on your individual circumstances and the reasons um are all pretty well documented on the pros and the cons you know lost time commuting client contact you know it challenges etc but i think for me um the the, the, the over overwhelmingly that i guess the, this experiment that we've all gone through over the last couple of years has worked and there is actually no going back um, however, the real challenge for us is to make hybrid working work. So we're now in a position where we're going to be working from home, but also working from the office. Um, and I guess getting that, that rhythm right, being in the office and then going home um, and doing that on a regular basis and that becoming part of our reality is the challenge. The consistency, the continuity and, you know, indeed the efficiency of those different ways of working. Um, are, are our real challenge. And we're, we're putting quite a lot of resources into making sure that that works for the firm and that works for our people. And we've got yeah. external advisors that have come in and, and they're helping us with that transition to hybrid working. You know, it's really exciting. For Nixon yeah. and, and, and obviously some of it is logistical around desk planning and so on, but is, is it about bringing people together at the right time or what where's that advice focusing? absolutely you know we've, we've got a thing i'm sure lots of other firms have got this thing called anchor days so when particular teams come in on a set certain day to make sure that everybody has that contact with each other they've missed over the last couple of years so um yeah there's some of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, just a one quick question before we turn to you personally uh and, and finish Charlie. the um you know, there's been an ongoing flow of, of, of media comment around um, the rise in pay for newly qualified lawyers. Um, is What are you seeing from where you sit? Um, look, I think um, we, work in, we work in a market that's really competitive, right? And there's been lots of, there's been lots of publicity around the great resignation and Law firms and other professional services firms have had to reconcile themselves to, uh, you know, an increase in turnover from staff. And I think much of that, in fact, I don't think I know much of that has been driven by, uh, driven by the pandemic. People have had time to yeah. think about what they want, what their values are, what they want to get out of life, um, and and that uh, that that has created that change. However, 
you know, remuneration is a big part of, of people's uh, desire to, to, to do a certain job. Um, and I think, it, you know, it's an effective and necessary tool to, to attract the right talent, especially in a really, really tight market where, you know, it's, it's, you know we're competing with not just other law firms now, it's the new economy sectors as well. Yes. So yeah, you know, it's, the, it's, the dig, it's the digital companies, it's the ESG, it is, you know, the, all these new economy areas look um, look like an ex- exciting proposition and we're competing with them head on. Yeah, yeah, no, great, great point. And I, I absolutely see that in the market. A, a question that's just come in from Quentin Veal, who uh, looks, looks after um, Meritas, uh, the, the global network of law firms. Um, and he, uh, Quentin's asking, what, what answers, what solutions uh, have you found most useful when you're trying to keep connections and interactions between the team uh, and also between lawyers and clients uh, during both the pandemic and, and the global uncertainty? What, a- anything that really stands out ab- above what's already been very well documented? So, you know, from a team perspective, just making sure that we have regular catch-ups and contacts. And one of the things that I've done I've taken it upon myself personally to do is make sure that I'm doing it on a one-to-one basis, not just on Zoom calls, because yeah. I think it gets kind of fed up with um, you know the Zoom Zoom fatigue, as it were. Yeah. Um, so, so from a personal perspective, that's what I have tried to do. You know, uh, we've as we just mentioned, we've got the anchor days to make sure that people are connected. There were lots and lots of initiatives at the beginning of the pandemic, online drinks, etc., and you know it's kind of fizzled out. So, I think the focus now is just getting. Um, getting people back together and in, yeah. enjoying the opportunity to um, to connect you know, from a personal perspective. From a client's perspective, I think it's about you know making sure that the content that we're getting out there is is interesting and engaging because you know we've moved from real in-person events to 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 these um, to, to webinars and online. I think we, that's going to be because there's huge benefits from doing that. We've got a, a lot more uh, access to clients globally, which is fantastic. But it's about making sure that the content is appropriate, that it's engaging, um, and you know that that, um, that that it's that it's fit for purpose. So we, we compete a lot in the marketplace for, for for the same types of content, but trying to make it stand out is the challenge that we have. So. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, Charlie, final question. We've, we've raced through 21 minutes in, in the blink of an eye, and thank you very much for uh, thanks very much for helping that go in such an interesting way. For you, for you personally, you said it's um, you think it's good to be back in the office three days a week. Well, what is it? What, what's the, what's the big benefit for you? So, uh, as I say, you know, having that um, in person contact with my colleagues um, and my team actually. It's great. So being able to sort of just get up, go next door and, and speak to speak yeah. to some of the guys that I work with is fantastic. Not having to, to do lots of Zoom calls, which um, <laughs> which is ironic as we sit yeah. here on a, on a Zoom call um, is great. But also, um, you know, speaking to the partners and 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 indeed clients. So um, I'm very much so looking forward to events starting again and being able yeah. to 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 speak to colleagues and clients and, and, and other people. So. Yeah, here, here. Absolutely. Charlie, we, we, we always make a point of keeping this to 20 minutes. Thank you very much for making a brilliant episode. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the rest of St. Patrick's Day. Thank you very much, Pete. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.